What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Do you know the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ? Where we've been studying the armor of God, and it's very easy to focus on the enemy and to feel inadequate. But God would say to us today, take dominion. You are the head and not the tail. And so we've been looking at the different items of armour that we can put on as followers of Jesus Christ. But today we're introduced to the secret weapon that the enemy doesn't know anything about, and that's the weapon of prayer. So our focus this morning is on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, where it says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the believers. A weak soldier is of little use in battle. A soldier who hasn't put his armor on was defenseless in those days. One of the major crimes in the military is to fall asleep while on sentry duty. And so this verse is saying to each one of us, be alert. We're easy casualties in spiritual warfare if we're not watching and aware. And we can lack alertness when we focus only on our big sins and forget about our little sins that can cause a barrier between us and the Lord. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, tells us that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, that get in through the holes in the fence and devour the grapes and ruin the crop. A lack of alertness turns our unprotected backs towards our attackers. Remember how we were talking about all that armor is designed for people that are moving forward. But if we lack alertness, alertness and we fall asleep, our back is exposed. And Jesus is our rear guard. There's a verse in the Bible that says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, the verse should be on the screen, this is the way, walk ye in it. And, and that verse is saying, look, Jesus is behind us. He's directing us. Don't turn to the left or to the right in your own understanding, wait until he guides you. He is saying, this is the way, keep walking. I am supporting you and I am with you. We lack alertness when we are walking wounded or if we focus our attention on other people and point out their problem and say, that's their problem. They need to do this and that. We can easily see the problems in other people but actually not be aware of our own problems. It's very easy to justify our own little sins by pointing out what we think are biggest sins in other people. So 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, Don't compare yourselves with those who tell you how important they are. Those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Look at yourself. Don't compare yourself with other people. God has made us all different. We all have different gifts and abilities. If we focus on other people, we will feel inadequate. 
We're to measure ourselves according to the truth of God's word and the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We also lack alertness when we become complacent. It's easy to be satisfied with something that is much less than what God really desires of us. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 5 and 6 tells us that we are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be sober. Stay away from those dark places where you're going to be tempted to do things that will pull you off the path. We can never assume that we've finally arrived and all we have to do is just put our feet up and take it easy. We've all heard the story of that frog in the pot where the water temperature is gradually turned up until the frog gets cooked. Don't allow the enemy to sneak up on you. Examine yourself. Recognize those areas of weakness where you are susceptible. Turn and face your enemy wearing the full armor of God. Paul tells us to watch and to pray. So how do we watch? We can't see the devil with our physical eyes. He's a supernatural being. So God gives us gifts of discernment. We sense in our spirit that something is not quite right. And prayer is the greatest weapon that we have against the enemy. In the Lord's Prayer we pray, deliver us from the evil one. And sometimes you can sense darkness, you can sense evil, and you can pray that prayer. You can say, Lord, deliver me from evil. Keep me safe. Help me in this situation. When Satan hears us praying, he trembles. He will do anything he can to stop you from praying. Prayer is the one weapon that us Christians have that Roman soldiers didn't have. It's often referred to as the secret weapon that the enemy doesn't know much about. And we have the ability to keep in touch with our headquarters at all times. We don't have to fight our battles on our own. Prayer is not just an afterthought to the armor and the spiritual weapons that we've been talking about. Prayer is meant to entwine every single thing that we do. It helps the armor to function in the way it's supposed to operate. Many Christians view prayer as a last resort. When everything else has failed, well, we might as well pray, they say. E.M. Bounds wrote the following, and this is profound. That's in the uh, sermon summary notes, the questions for small groups. Have a really good look at this quote, because if you can really understand it and own it, there's a lot of wisdom in this quote. It says, Praying people are the only people in which the Holy Spirit dwells. For the Holy Spirit and prayer go hand in hand. The Holy Spirit never descends upon prayerless people. He never fills them. He never empowers them. There is nothing whatever in common between the Spirit of God and men who do not pray. The Spirit dwells only in an atmosphere of prayer. 
And so a believer who has his armour on but does not pray is like a person all dressed up, ready to go off and do something exciting, but who's been stood up and has nowhere to go. They're kidding themselves and they're leaving their defences down. Our relationship with God, our spiritual walk and our Christian experience never rise any higher than our prayer life. Prayer is of the uttermost urgency for every single believer in Jesus Christ. Communications are extremely important in any battle. Now, most of you have heard about the six-day war between Israel and Egypt. And Egypt came across the Sinai Desert with their tanks and, and all their men. And they, it was a surprise attack on Israel on one of their holy days. But what Israel did was they sent their planes and they shot up the supply lines of the Egyptians. And so they weren't getting the food to the people on the front line. They weren't getting the weapons up there. They cut them off completely from their supply lines and they had to surrender. They had no choice. They would have starved to death. They were sitting there without bombs or mortars or whatever was required because their supply line had been cut. Once our supply line is cut, we become helpless and isolated. God is our commander-in-chief. He knows the situation in our life better than we do. He knows the enemy's position as well. But God moves in response to our prayers. If the enemy can distract us from praying, then he has us where he wants us. We quickly become isolated, helpless and alone, reliant on our own resources. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. If we're not in touch with God, then we're fighting using our own resources. And what hope have we got using our own strength? Through prayer, we are totally in touch with the resources of God. Paul gets really excited when he writes about this. And you may have noticed when you saw that verse at the beginning, it mentions the word all four times. He says, pray with all kinds of prayer. Pray at all times in the Spirit's power. Pray with all perseverance and persistence. Pray for all the believers. So what does it mean to pray in the Spirit's power? It means to pray according to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and in accordance with God's Word. The Holy Spirit is present when we pray and He wants to make our prayer time significant. Too often we may have a prayer list and we, we sort of think, oh, I've got to say a prayer before I go to bed or before I go to sleep. And you power through all those sort of topics without really thinking about it and without allowing the Lord to guide you. David Lloyd-Jones said, the Holy Spirit directs the prayer. He creates the prayer within us and empowers us to offer it and to pray it. He's leading us to pray the very will and purpose of God. We become partners with him in his plan and his purpose. 1 John 5 verse 14. 
If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if the Holy Spirit leads us to pray for some matter, then that matter will be heard. And that verse goes on to say, and if we know that he hears us, we have what we've asked for. But sometimes when we're not sure what to do in a situation, we can pray, Lord, help me. I don't really understand what's going on here. So please give me guidance, give me wisdom. We may be dealing with an angry, unreasonable person. Lord, break through his anger. Cause me to be a peacemaker in this situation. Give me wisdom as to what to do and what to say. In Romans 8 verse 26, it tells us that sometimes we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be understood or expressed in word. Part of praying may be confessing. Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to be praying for, but I'll wait in your presence and see what you tell me to pray for. Some of us may pray in tongues. And when you pray in tongues, it's like the end of that verse where it says, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And that means that the Holy Spirit is praying through our tongue. We don't know what we're saying, but we're saying, Lord, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know how I need to pray at the moment. You take these words that, you, that are coming out of my mouth, that you've put in my mouth, and you... Use those words and you pray through me. If the Spirit is praying, we have the confidence that we are praying according to God's will. A well-known speaker with a healing ministry in the U.S. is Randy Clark. And their son has really, really serious asthma. And one day he was really struggling to breathe and his wife Deanne was praying for her son. And she was praying using words, and she was praying in tongues. And this little boy looks up at his mum and says, pray the way you do when you, words that I, when you use words that I don't understand. That helps me the most in this situation. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he understands mysteries in the Spirit. And in verse 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. And so it builds us up in our walk with God and it invigorates our relationship with him. You know, I've been encouraged sometimes when people have come up to me and they've said, look, I really felt the need to pray for you during the week. And I said, oh, when was that? And on a couple of occasions, it's been a time when I've been in a difficult situation, when I've needed guidance or wisdom or protection. And people have prayed for me. It's come into their heart, into their spirit. Pray for your pastor at this time. He needs your prayers. And if you ever get those promptings to pray for another person, just don't interrupt what you're doing, or if you can, just have a quiet word to the Lord, but pray into that situation, because sometimes we can be in danger, and the Lord can use your prayers. 
In um, years ago, when when I was at Rotorua Baptist Church, uh, when my dad was the pastor, when I was a young man, there were, were some missionaries, the Smith family, that were in Ethiopia. And one Sunday morning during the service, someone says, "Look, I have a prompting that we should pray for the Smiths." And so we stopped everything, and as a congregation, we prayed for the Smiths. And then we rang them up later to find out if anything was going on. They said, wow, that's amazing. We were attacked by a group of guerrillas who stormed our compound. And they were going around breaking into the houses. And they broke into our house and they shot the husband at point-blank range. And he fell on the ground. And then there were the sound of shots in the distance and the guerrillas turned and they left. And then the father stood up unharmed. And they didn't ever find out where those other shot, sounds of shots came from. But they were delivered. And the timing of that event coincided exactly with the time that people in that church we're praying. So praising and worshipping God creates an atmosphere in which we're responsive to, uh, to the Holy Spirit. It's like our worship time this morning. When we engage corporately as a body of believers, it brings down the Spirit of God. In Azerbaijan, where there were a lot of non-believers that would come to our church on a Sunday morning, they would come into our worship service where we had amazing worship and they would say, I can feel God in this church. That singing just seems to go up and up and up right through the roof. And, and so as we gather together and we're in unity of one heart and one mind, the Spirit of God comes amongst us. He inhabits the praises of his people. And so Paul tells us to pray at all times and on all occasions. Now, a well-known um, Christian uh, man who ran an orphanage was George Mueller. And he saw some amazing answers to prayer. And someone came to George Mueller and they said, look, how much time do you spend in prayer? He replied, hours every day. I live in a spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk and when I lie down and when I arise and the answers are always coming. To pray at all times means to always be aware of God's presence, particularly when we have a need or when we face a difficult situation. It's a bit like a surgeon going into theatre or a teacher going into a classroom, a counsellor before a client, a pastor before a congregation. At any, at any time and in any place, we can pray. Satan will attack us at our most unexpected times. Something will come at us completely out of left field. On uh, Friday, uh, I was driving, Helen and I were driving to Tauranga. We had some of my pastor friends and Graham Preston, who was the founder of Bethlehem College, uh, prayed over us, Helen and I, because we've, we've had a difficult year. There's been some things that have happened in our lives out of left field and we just wanted prayer of protection and um, these guys were prophetic prayers and it was a really special time. But we're driving from Taupo 
to Tauranga and um, so we're, we cut through from Pateru and then we turn off on that Matamata Road to head off towards the Kaimais. And so I turned off onto that Matamata Road and there was a logging truck and trailer in front of me and I could see the road in the, in the distance and there was no traffic coming towards me. And I'm at full speed passing this logging truck and trailer when a, we go past another, we're coming towards another um, little road and a car comes out of that and turns onto the road that I'm passing on and he's coming straight towards me. He'd looked to the left, but he hadn't, no, he'd looked to the right, but he hadn't looked to the left and here he is at my, on my side of the road. And I'm thinking, what do I do? Thankfully, he pulled off the road and I, I got through, but that could have been... Uh, I, and, and when something like that help, happens... Your instinct is to say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I need your protection. What's going on here, Lord? You're in control. Save me. As well as flash your lights and honk your horn. (laughs) (laughs) So Jesus has opened a door into the throne room of the universe that Satan cannot shut. Our spiritual eyes can be opened to see what's happening in the spiritual realm so that we can get serious about this spiritual battle that we're all involved in. Why is it that Christian countries are moving further and further away from the Lord? God answers that question in 2 Chronicles chapter 4, chapter 7, verse 14. He says, Where are the people who will humble themselves? and pray, and seek my face, and repent of worldliness, laziness, and sin, and hold on to me until I rain blessings down upon them. So God wants to be more than just a safety net for us, something that we go to when everything else has failed. You know, some parents, they only hear from their their children who are at university when they need more money. And our prayers can be similar. God is gracious, but above all, he wants to have a relationship with us. Imagine if you've met a new friend and and you're going out and you're getting to know each other, but then suddenly you don't contact that person or they don't contact you. A relationship means that we're in constant contact because we're thinking about that person all the time. When God made Adam and Eve, they fellowshiped daily in the Garden of Eden. And so we can be in continuous contact, talking to our Lord on all occasions about all things. Finally, we're to pray for all Christians everywhere. We all need prayer. Who do you share with when you're in a crisis? We went to Tauranga to get some special friends to pray for us. Are you involved in a small group where you've got a group of people that know you and care about you, where you can be transparent and you can share some of those difficulties that you may be going through in life and have people gather around you and pray and encourage you? You know, in Roman times, a whole row of soldiers could advance together with their shields interlocked. 
And so you can see that front row there of those uh, Roman soldiers. Those, they've got their helmet on and they've got their shields. Sometimes the person behind them would hold his um, shield horizontally above his head and over the head of the, um, the soldier in front of him. So you've got the row of shields going towards the enemy and behind that you've got a roof that the other soldiers can be underneath and so those arrows that are being fired at you to try and take you out cannot affect you. They cannot hit you. And this is a picture of corporate prayer in the church. When we gather together to pray, we have immense power. As we join together in faith and pray for salvation, for healing, for deliverance and victory, the power of God is multiplied. There's that verse that says, one person can put a hundred to flight, two can put a thousand. There's an exponential effect when we join together and pray together. Prayer requires perseverance. Our battle is not just won in a moment. Many times it's a long, hard grind. If you know that your prayer life is lacking, seek to involve the Holy Spirit more in the happenings in your life. Remember God's promise that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Listen to what the Lord is saying to you as an individual and to us as a body of believers. I went to a seminar recently on evangelism and the pastor of the Manukau City Baptist Church came and shared with us. And he was saying that they run a light party every year and it's a massive light party. They have people from they have about 20,000 people come through from from the, the the town. He says but the night before we pray. We cleanse our building, our facility, we pray for our city, we pray against the powers of darkness and you know we're having salvations we're having people come, we give them tracts we share the gospel any spot prizes that we give out they have to come to church the next Sunday to get their prize and we preach a gospel sermon <laughs> so I'm thinking um, this Monday when uh, we have our normal prayer meeting let's have a special prayer night for Halloween and for our light party. Let's anoint this place with prayer. I know it's the same day as the uh, food bank appeal, but the, our prayer meeting's at 7 o'clock, and if you're able to come and join us and to really pray for our city at this time, that would be great. Let's pray. Lord, we desire to connect to you with all kinds of prayer, and to pray to you at all times in the power of the Holy Spirit. Grant us perseverance and persistence as we endeavour to pray for all believers. Lord, we particularly seek your guidance in our appointment of an assistant pastor. And we pray also for the two new elders that we are electing at our AGM. Guide us today and the days ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen.